You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Episode 285 of the New Utah Podcast. Uh... Once again from Skype, because COVID. Via, via Skype. How you know, are COVID friends doing? I, I feel great. Um, I've felt great since like, Friday. I mean, I, mm, I would say Saturday mostly. I'm pretty sure I felt great on Friday. Well, I know, but you didn't start singing and stuff until Saturday. That doesn't mean <laughs> I didn't feel fine. Um, it was like, and even like by Wednesday, honestly, I didn't feel terrible. Like I was able to function. Um, I wasn't coughing as much uh, on Wednesday and the aches were mostly gone, I think. Um, and then, you know, by like Thursday and Friday, it was like much better. And on Thursday, I totally would have you know, with any other sickness probably would have gone into work because I wasn't like sneezing and I didn't feel shitty. And I, you know, the one thing that lasted probably longer than anything else is the the feeling of fatigue. Yeah. But, uh, I'm great now. I'll have a lingering cough for like a week and a half, two weeks. Thank you. Whooping cough for forever mm-hmm. making any sickness that I get, have a cough that lasts like an extra week and a half after the sickness is over. Um, so I feel I feel great, but I uh, I did take a, a antigen test uh, yesterday uh, in the morning, and uh, it was it took a while. You know, it took almost the full fifteen minutes for the line to show up, but it did show up. So, um, just in the interest of safety for everyone, we decided to do another remote show. And well, Bree, especially since I'm like two two and a half days behind you. Yeah, Bree's still in the midst of the throes of COVID. Yeah, I mean, I feel okay, but um, I'm still more tired than Chris and I think still more foggy. There's a lot of brain fog with COVID. Yes, a lot. And I think I I had more days of fever, but probably because I didn't rest like you did. Yeah. You Um, took some afternoon naps and I just kept going. Morning naps. Okay, whatever. So, so, uh, like pre-11 o'clock most days. Um, So, yeah, I was able to take it kind of easy Monday and Tuesday and I don't know that I could have functioned... It anyway, because it was it was really hard to like think through stuff and and do anything mental. And by by like three, I was just toast. Like there was just nothing left. So tell me about it. I still had to work. Yeah, you didn't have to. You could have called in sick. Could have taken an actual sick day. Yeah, true. And with COVID, you got the perfect excuse. Well, what? except for that, it similar to like Jeremy's stuff. Like the work just waits for you, right? So you either just do it or you wait for it to pile up until it's like an emergency that you then have to deal with. And you, my dear, are why we have pandemics. Because people that get sick and don't stay home when they have the capability to. Now, to be fair, you're working from home. You don't actually have to stay home. But people who are, because if this would have been four years ago, you would have went in the office sick. But I would have worn a mask. Actually, I didn't realize I had a fever because we had our and you would have gone into the our office thermometer on on um, inanimate object. So I thought that I was okay, but apparently if, when we switch it, <laughs> I had a fever. I, if you work for me and you show up to my office sick like that, I will send your ass home because it is not appropriate for you to come I in and affect. I think that my else. work is doing that now. 
but yeah, well, they never did before. Because of COVID. And I, I hope that continues. I think the biggest strain there is, you know, for us, it's not a big deal. We have sick days. We get to take the time off if we need to. But I think for a lot of people, they don't get sick days. That's right. not a normal thing. Now, COVID right. has changed that because the public health emergency, sick days with COVID are required and blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's not normal. And so people go to work sick all the damn time. And all it does is spread the illness instead of just staying home, getting over it in a couple of days, and then going back to work. That's my weird. How are you feeling better overall, though, Bree? I mean, yeah, overall I feel much better, but that fog sure sticks around. Like, like for me today, it, it just feels like maybe I'm getting a cold, starting to get a cold. Like, it just has those, like, slight symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um. I never really got the cough like Chris did. I, I'll cough sometimes, but it's very slight. It's not not anything at all. But the brain fog, man, like I just, especially today with everything that happened, I feel like I've been running a marathon what, all day. What happened today? <laughs> so my computer, my old computer had been being kind of slow and just kind of doing some weird stuff. Nothing crazy. Like I thought it was fine. But Chris was like, well, mine and yours are about the same age, and I just had to get a new one, so let's just get you a new one. I knew hers wasn't fine, to be fair. Yes, you did. But, but like, the words that he uses that indicate not fine to me sounded like, oh, well, it's just something I'm dealing with. I'm pretty sure I said, this can hobble along for maybe another month or two. No, I don't remember you saying <laughs> Anyway, so um, he ordered a new computer, and the irony is it came yesterday. But I worked late and he was really hungry and so we didn't open it or didn't do anything with it. And today I'm working along and around 8 o'clock I'm in the middle of something and all of a sudden everything goes black. And I have three screens and they all just went black. Like there wasn't any warning, there wasn't any nothing. And I was like, oh my gosh, did the power go out and did I not realize I was running on like battery? Like what the heck's going on? And then it like came up with this thing that said that there was some error and it was going to restart. So this thing that she said is what it was a blue is, screen of death. That's what blue screen of death, which is very yes, rare these days on a, a Windows 10 or later machine. They they supposedly got rid of them. They didn't. They're still there. They just have like a emoji yeah. face on them. So, but it restarted, and when it restarted, like I was able to log back into everything and started working for maybe about 15 minutes, and then it all collapsed again. And this time, it didn't restart. And so uh, Chris came up and tried to do something, but then he had to take a call. So I don't know. He basically worked on it for several hours before he was like, this is not going to work and had me start setting up. I worked on it for about 45 minutes before I gave up. Well, if you count, (laughs) if you count the time that you were directing. Yeah, I gave up half of my day. Really? He really did. Close. Um, but long, From 8 o'clock until just afternoon. Matter. No, it wasn't afternoon. It was before noon. It was like 11. But anyway, so I uh, got her new computer all set up and everything installed so that she could start working by like 11, 11.30, I think. And then uh, the other computers in my office and um, I figured out what was wrong with it, which is not something I can fix. And I got it at least to turn on so I can get all our files off of it and moved over properly. But uh 
just a chip has gone bad inside of there that controls. I don't know. No one's going to give a shit. I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> but it controls really important stuff that made it so that my computer so I, wouldn't work. It controls it controls access to the hard drive. So her computer was failing to write to the hard drive, even though the hard drive was fine. So um, if you're interested in the details, email us. Maybe I'll answer you. <laughs> it's, it was really fucking difficult to fix and really annoying. And I can't actually really fix it because I have to get a new uh, a new specific memory chip uh, for this particular problem. So whatever. But anyway, luckily the computer came in time and we well, were able to get it set up. And, and- part part of the computer is it's a it's a birthmas present so because right. Bree's birthday is in two days on the 11th right Yay. so happy birthday Bree. like me what? yep <laughs> you're like fucking two weeks older than her dude <laughs> i know but i like to tell him he's old all the time because he's older than me yeah he is older he's like two weeks older so anyway yeah it's 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 nice. It's a really nice new laptop, and it's really pretty, and I'm I'm glad that it's working. And the second half of the day, I was able to work on it and attempt to get caught up from the whirlwind of the last three days of work that the timing of this could not have been more horrible, maybe. But. So anyway, uh, we're still here. We're alive. Happy birthday. I just did something stupid. What? So I'm looking at the coat that I got like two years ago, and turns out what I thought was just a cute little white accessory on the zippers is the packaging to protect the zippers. So I've just been working around <laughs> the wrappers on it for two years. <laughs> Haven't you ever washed it? This week, uh, no, I have a lot of jackets. I haven't worn it very many times. Yeah, I have. A, the whole front closet is pretty much full of my jackets. It's like interesting. We have that protector on their cell phone that it comes with. Oh, the screen. Don't ever take it off. <laughs> You know, it's uh, it's uh, interesting um, when we're not all in the same room together. The distractions are great. It's true from everyone. They're like, oh, well, we're in the studio, so I think they're lessened. But I am eating grapes. Yeah, you do that when people are here, though. So and they're less noisy than popcorn or goldfish in the mic. So when I cut Chris off the second he started talking to start the episode. I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, I had to do a second take on that one. She didn't realize even though I said, okay, I'm going to mark the time and well, then start. A, there's a little bit of delay, I think. No. Whatever. There's not. <laughs> even if there is, even if there is, I wait like five seconds so I have plenty of blank space before I start talking. And I thought it was funny. I think it's because that awkward silence that we don't actually want when we're talking. People are like, "What do I do?" So it's like when I try to stop us towards the end, I like hold up my hand, and everyone just keeps tossing in a little bit because they don't want it to be quiet. And I'm like, "No, shut the fuck up, so I can move on and we can like <laughs> cut and go to a different segment." You assholes. I mean, I, I don't you know. You know, you're an asshole too, right? Oh, yeah. 100% I am. I don't, I don't know what the right thing to do there is if it's to 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 just let you guys keep trying to fill silence or or to tell you to shut the fuck up. Usually it's I just don't even notice. No, we're not using that shit on Skype, dude. <laughs> no. Then let him talk. Oh, no, I was just playing with stuff. No, he was just messing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we do need to talk potatoes for those of you who still have any that are alive. I might have some in the ground out there. I'm not sure. Is that you what might. that one? Um, it looks almost looks like that one thing that's growing is a pota- the top th- of a potato. I, I think it is. <laughs> like I went to harvest. I had like five rows of potatoes because they grow really well and the plants grew really well. And then I went out to harvest the first couple rows because I'm like, I want some potatoes. 
no fucking potatoes. And I dug like a foot and a half down and no fucking potatoes. And so then I just gave up. I didn't even try to harvest the other two rows to see if there was anything there because there was zero. So with the, I, with the temperatures oh, getting as cold as they are and we're starting to get frost at night, um, really once we hit 36 or below, you're going to start losing the underground stuff. So it's time to do your final harvest or cover your beds with grass clippings or leaves or hay or something if you don't want to dig them up. Just harvest them and then stick them in your garage in a bag. Like they yeah. just they just need cold dark air. No last. Same as if you've got any any other root vegetables left. Now it's kind of a final call for root vegetables. Yeah, your, your roots and your squash, and don't wash them. For the love oh. of God, if you're going to store them, just leave them dirty. They will they will keep way longer dirty. What you want to do is take them, put them in the sun on a warm day where the sun's out and it's not raining. And then just kind of let them be in the sun for about a day, rotate them a little bit. What that'll do is that'll help harden the skin, and then when you store them, they'll last longer. See, there you go. Look at Jeremy. But yeah, don't Good wash garden. them. Do not wash them. <laughs> Some urban farming from the Jeremister. That's right. The Jeremister. Yeah, I'm just making shit up. Urban, <laughs> urban farming. Uh, I'm kind of sad, honestly, because my garden was such shit this year, and I. Uh, I've really enjoyed it the last few years, and I think I need to make some time to go cut the roses back. And I was going to do that forever, and then we got COVID, and yeah, Chris Chris actually made me rest on Saturday since I didn't rest during the week. I was going to do it last weekend, but they bloomed again. (laughs) I didn't want to cut them back while they were in bloom. They well, usually, we usually just, get three or four blooms out of them. So. It's just been a lousy garden for everybody. I got yeah, a total of two baskets of all of my squash combined. Was it two baskets? It usually low, usually it fills my whole back deck. Yeah. yeah you usually. Oh, yeah. Time. I remember times when you had it all out there drying and stuff. Yep. So, yeah, it's it was lousy. None of my um, butternut didn't get a single one. Handful of acorn squash and a few spaghetti squash was it. That was from all the smoke all year. What? Stunted them. All the smoke. No, the, we got it got really warm really fast, and then they were talking about the, the, the watering. They asked people to not water oh, yeah. as much. Just it was just a crazy, not good. Yeah, summer. it was a really, really hot summer early, which doesn't allow the and, plants to really mature properly. And dry. We got almost no rain this whole summer. Oh, yeah. Like, the only water was what you put on it. So, And a few little rainstorms we got lasted five minutes. We didn't yeah. get any substantial rain this summer. Though we've had a nice long fall, which has been really great. So, can't complain too much about that. True. We've had a real, real fall, unless Shaz Bree's daughter... Well, no, it, it's, no, it's, it's per, her, her her, yeah, per her very specific. 50, 50 to 65 degrees with no snow. That's it's her fall. That's her definition. That child is cray-cray. But she was right. <laughs> this has been the best fall I can remember in a while. So well, it's now it's time for snow. Fall. Now it's time for snow. Not yeah. yet. Yes. After my birthday, please. Nope. Needs to happen in November, early November. Dude, my birthday is the 11th. Yeah, it needs to happen. So it could happen the 12th. No. (laughs) Ski resorts. Wasn't it about four years ago, five years ago, I had that huge snowstorm on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Well, and we've got got snow up in the mountains. We've had a couple, like, big storms that dropped some snow, but I think most of it's melted away. This is going to be a weird-ass Thanksgiving for us. 
Yeah, because Cassie won't be here. Um, and I don't Sean think... has to work until like two, and I don't think my mom's gonna be here. So I'm gonna be a fucking raging asshole by the time everyone gets there, because it'll be like four before we eat. Yep. Man, I'm gonna be an asshole. No, you can don't have you breakfast, should... right? Yeah, I probably will have to have breakfast or snack during the day because you usually do your meal like at noon, right? Yeah, I've always been an early Thanksgiving person, and part of the reason is football. And uh, part of the reason is you then you get to have more Thanksgivings because you have Thanksgiving and then you watch something and kind of doze and then you have second Thanksgiving. When you eat at four, you don't really get that dinner time Thanksgiving for your second round. So <laughs> yeah, four is a weird time. I know a lot of people do it at four, but. You know, do it at five or six or do it at noon. This four no, I don't want to wait till five or six. I'm fucking starving by that point because you don't want to eat a lot. And like, you got to wait till five or six. It's like, no, can't do it. That's what so I say, I, or noon. Yeah, it is weird though because I've got to figure out. I'm, I'm so used to timing my turkey so that it's done at 11. So I get up early and start it. And now I don't. Have yeah, because. And I'm a, I'm a prepper. So like, I'll be like. All right, when can I put the fucking yeah, thing he'll in? He'll start so getting going. he'll start getting anxious when it when it well, when he can't do it. Your turkey's a two or three day event. Maybe I'll oh, yeah. maybe I'll make pies the morning of Thanksgiving so that you can't even be in the kitchen. Hmm? You should see the look he's giving. <laughs> I'll fucking stab the shit out of you because I know <laughs> what'll happen. <laughs> He'll stab the shit out of me. I will. I'll take my chef's knife, the really nice one, and I'll just stab you to death with it. <laughs> shit, this oh, is recorded. Isn't it? Fuck. Yeah. Wait, when this comes out, it'll be our one month anniversary. That's true. Tomorrow is our one month anniversary. Or today, uh, if you're listening to it yeah, today. The tenth. Go. We're in Hawaii. It's it's true. Beautiful it's kind weather. Of a it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then we all came back and almost almost all of us got some sort of a something. I think your family, Jonathan, got sick. I we got, got what COVID. Josh, I got what Josh brought to Hawaii yeah. first. Jonathan ended up being a, a nasal congestion or a nasal infection. Yeah, sinus, sinus infection. infection is what they call it. And that's what Josh, I think, went with and gave to everyone. Everyone. That's so maybe Jonathan got it from them. I doubt it, because Jonathan got sick way later. So, anyway, I'm not an infectious disease expert. Neither is Anthony Fauci, so we Mm. can move on. I'm just kidding. (laughs) He kind of is, but also, I don't trust him. So, Um, I don't have anything else. Let's just go to the guest. What with us this week is uh, Anthony Lujan. Is it Lujan, Luan? You've got to ask him. I did forget. Luhan. Luhan. That's what I was going to say. You didn't ask me. I know. I didn't even think about it. Anthony Luhan. That's uh. What? What? What is that? What? It's uh, Spanish. Spanish. Yep. That's why I, I was. Know. I was gonna pronounce it like that because you know it could have been like Italian or something. I don't fucking know names. <laughs> I I am American back to colonizer days. Like I've traced my roots to colonizer days. Chris is like, Chris is Chris is as white as they come. He's blue eyed yeah. and. <laughs> I'm I'm as American as you can get without actually being a Native American. <laughs> no, nice. and then he decided to marry me, and I'm half colonizer, half as yeah, American as you can get. You're Spanish colonizer, though, so you share some heritage there I with do. Anthony. Yep. So, yep. Uh, are you first generation? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> Not even close. <laughs> um, I, I'm curious, Anthony, as, as we get started here, um, how did you find us? Because you reached out to us uh, to, to hop on the show, and, and I'm curious how you found us. Well, honestly, you guys just popped up in the feed on my uh, Instagram feed, and with, that's awesome. You know, that means that you guys are doing stuff. You're making a name for yourself. And so, yeah, I just popped on there and see if you guys wanted to talk to somebody who knows a little bit about barbecue and all that stuff. Sounds so, good to us. Yeah. And then I also wanted to congratulate you guys on your City Weekly win. Oh, oh thanks. thanks. Yeah. Oh, good job. You. Yeah, we, we love those guys at City Weekly, so we're always happy to we're always happy Wait, to we take they give us. Yeah, we win stuff from them twice now. Happy to yeah, see have you not noticed the awards on the wall, dear? Yeah, those are like fake awards. No, they're real. Oh, they're real. Those are prizes. No. Printer and like made up an award. Nope. No, they're, no, they're real. <laughs> so they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not reader choices. They're staff choices. Mm-hmm. But one of the things a lot of people don't realize about the City Weekly Best of Issues is. Almost all the staff choices actually come from reader suggestions. So because all of the votes for everything in the City Weekly Best of are all write-in, there's not a multiple choice. It's 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 write-in. And so what oftentimes they'll do is if they've they've got quite a few votes for something that they haven't heard about or they haven't seen, they'll go out and check it out. Not the case with us. I mean, it might have been. I don't know who voted for us. That that stuff's kept pretty pretty tight over there. Um, but you know, we stole their content every year yep. and, um, they, they like heard about it and they thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so great. We started great. talking to those guys. Yeah. We, we really like those guys over there at uh, city weekly. They do some good work. So we're not lucky enough to, to be, be good enough. Yeah, we're not good enough to get city weekly votes. You know, we just, well, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, honestly most of the stuff is is a total racket. Like it's yeah. you know the people that you know the, like perennial winners. You know the Geek Show. They you know at one point they 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 got their listeners to vote whatever the hell they wanted. Well, right? they got like Shannon voted as Worst uh, Utah. Yeah, still one of the best things ever. <laughs> yeah. I voted for the guy who was shooting people with the bow and arrow during the riots. Uh, oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's good for last yeah. year. Uh, for 2020. Yeah, we never won a local award, but we won national awards. So I don't. Hey, that's cool. Nationals better than local sometimes, you know. I mean, you get, but you and you guys are basically a national show, right? Over. So, yeah, oh, we're worldwide. Yeah. Anthony Lujan. We never even told you who. who yeah, he we was. haven't talked about. We just got his name. Uh, Anthony is a, a barbecue pit master. Uh, he's got a a business called Smoke Ain't No Joke, and then he is uh, he's got the Pitmasters podcast. So he does a bunch of sh- stuff all related to smoking meat, basically. Yum. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, I, do, I just do competitive barbecue. Um, I'll do private catering every once in a while, but mostly it's all competitive barbecue. Um, and so you- that's, kind of, that's kind of my full-time job. I work for a local uh, company called Thermoworks, and I'm their barbecue culinary specialist. So I get to just talk about food all the time. That is so cool. Thermoworks is like the meat probe people, right? Correct. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I didn't realize they were local. They're local here in, in Utah? Yeah, they're based out of American Fork. I had no idea. Maybe I should actually spend money on one of their uh, one of their things. I got the MLM. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, when he said he smoked, MLMs. he wasn't kidding. 
I got this thing. Brie got me these, like, really good pro. And you probably can't freaking see it. Yeah. Uh, it's like Chinese knockoff brand. Uh, <laughs> but it works. Oh, it's, God, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty old, actually, at this point. Uh, but it's Bluetooth connected to my phone, which was the most important piece. So nice. you can, like, roll over at night when things are smoking at night and make sure that yeah. it's all, <laughs> everything's yeah. all good. Not go open the smoker. Just yeah, we'll just in. get rid of that knockoff and get you some local products. Keep it solid. You Keep it Utah. You don't even know. I 100% <laughs> will. That's a big plug for your employer. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bonus. We can take a step back, though. Um, we need to know it's really important. Uh, when's your birthday? What month were you born in? I was born in June. June. September. So, like, early June, late June? Late June. Like, back to school? His parents were celebrating that he was back in... school. Other kids were back in school? I don't know. You ever (laughs) ask your parents what they were doing in September? I have no idea. I know that... Honestly, my parents were young. They are both in high school, so we can kind of assume what they were doing. Oh, so they were back in school. school. was back to school. Yep. (laughs) School romance. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's homecoming. Yeah, homecoming. Is that a possibly? I don't know. It's usually when these in October. I think homecoming is usually in October. Even though high school was, was a lot longer than ten year. years ago, I don't remember it. So, <laughs> but uh, so so uh, where'd you where'd you where were you born? Where'd you grow up? I was uh, born here, raised in Salt Lake City. Um, I my I guess my elementary years I was up in Holiday, and then uh, junior high out in Taylorsville, and then high school I was in Glendale. So I went to. East High School and graduated from Horizonte. So I was kind of a problem child a little bit, but we're good. <laughs> My dad went to East, but he went to East way long time ago. Yeah, her dad's like 90. He's before not- the musical? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. way before. <laughs> I mean, let's see. My dad Her is, dad went to East whenever Salt Lake Valley was actually different towns. I think my dad is like, <laughs> like separated by distances. Almost 80? I think my dad, or no, maybe he is already 80. He's in his so he rode set. his horse to school? No, he turns 80 next year. Uphill both ways in the snow. He actually lived, horse. He lived across the street from what's now Roland Hall. Okay. Um, right over in the ninth and ninth yep, area. Yep. So right kind of kitty corner from that church and the the... Football, whatever that football thing is across from the east and all that stuff. Yeah, it's called a field. Field. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. I could only think of pitch, and I knew it wasn't a football pitch. So shut up. Football pitch. (laughs) Football thing. Well, there are football pitches. You just have to say football. So what happened? uh, What happened after high school? What did you do after high school? (laughs) Um, I just went right into the career field. Um, I worked at the Gallivan Plaza. You know. During the Twilight series and all that good stuff, I was a groundskeeper nice. there for a while. And then um, I got a job with my stepmom at St. Mark's Hospital, worked at St. Mark's Hospital, learned about inventory management, and kind of went into the warehouse industry from there for a really long time. Um, then got into another local company that's world based of Hoyt Archery. I'm a big time archer. So I got in with them for a really long time. I worked there for. 15 years and then i just recently just changed careers and started uh working with thermoworks so it's kind of nice. out of high school right into the workforce scenario so how'd you get into how'd you get into smoking meats and cooking crap well 
it's always kind of been my thing, you know, always hanging around the grill. You know, as a little kid, I'm throwing sticks in the fire, you know, just playing around. And uh, my uncle, he actually took some time and showed me how to actually barbecue a hamburger right. And so I kind of just caught on from them and I kind of just went into I like fire. I like cooking over fire. So it's slowly just developed throughout my time, you know, cooking backyard barbecues, hanging out with friends. But then I came across R&R Barbecue when they first opened. Um, they were brand new competition team. They just came off a huge win, winning thousands of dollars. So they invested into a restaurant. So I wanted to go check it out. And when I was standing in line, I seen this poster on the wall that said, do you want to learn competition barbecue? So I took the course learned what real barbecue is, um, how to take your time to trim and prepare your meats and think about the end product before you even start. And so I did that, entered a small barbecue competition, got a couple awards, and, man, I was hooked. Ever since then, it's just been 100% pedal to the metal. Let's cook barbecue. So I, I actually have to go back because you said you got into it because your your grandpa showed you how to barbecue My a uncle. burger, correct? Your uncle. Yeah, exactly. Uncle. Yep. So so how do you barbecue a burger, right? Well, it's well he taught me was pretty much just don't drop it in between the grates, you know. <laughs> 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 um, he 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 taught me how to you know use the hot side and the cool side. You know, he's like you sear on one side and you bring it over here and then you just let it come up to temperature on the other side. You know, and I was eight years old, I didn't know what that meant, but I my uncle showed me and I, that's how I did it, you know? So, and now being a professional, that's still how I do it. Have a hot side and a cool side. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <coughs> and it was really cool too, because back then, like we used to have these huge, like family gatherings and get around with my um, uncles and my mom and my grandma and all them. They'd sit around and, drink some beers and play poker and hang out and people would come and go from the neighborhood. And at that time I was about 10. I didn't realize it then, but my, one of my cousins, she was dating Tom from Slayer. So Slayer, every time they came to town, they're hanging out in the backyard, barbecuing and just <laughs> drinking beers with us. I didn't know who they were at the time. I just knew they played rock music and they traveled. So it was actually really cool. Like, if I looked it's back like, and I was like, like, wow. Because <laughs> I, I have memories when I was a kid of like my uncle, like his band, and they would like practice and stuff when we were around. Like at same thing, like be like a family barbecue where people just drinking beers and cooking meat and hanging out all day. But I, they weren't. But not famous. with Slayer. They weren't. They yeah. weren't Slayer. But I gotta imagine at like ten, if you don't know who Slayer really is, like right, you're like, oh, it's just a she's dating a band guy. Yeah. Does it matter right. if somebody's famous if you don't know who they are? Probably not. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and that's There's the best way to go. Yep. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that was that was just how it was. Always around the grill. There was always a grill involved, you know. The worst burnt chicken, you know, overdone hot dogs. You just that isn't really barbecue though. It's that's grilling. <laughs> yeah. Know, so. It's very different. It's very different. And what yep. what so for, for people that don't know, what's the difference between barbecue and grilling? Grilling's hot and fast. Anything over 400 degrees, um, that's grilling. And then barbecue's just low and slow. Take your time. It's, you know, it's like, it's just the effort. A lot of people don't have the time and effort to be actually achieve quality barbecue. Everybody's always trying to rush it. So what's your favorite thing? Because you're into competition barbecue, obviously. Um, but take take the competition out of it. Just take go to the thing that you like the most, like either you like to eat or you like to make. What is your favorite thing to barbecue or to smoke? Honestly, lately it's been a lot of turkey and ham. Um, 
the big meats are obviously everybody likes them, but I get overwhelmed with them. I've never really, how do I say this? I like barbecue, but I don't love it. It's just the challenge of good barbecue is what, what latched me. Barbecue is probably sixth, seventh on the list of my favorite foods. So <laughs> wow. Wow. what's your, what's your favorite food? I love Indian food. Oh, really me too. Yeah. Yeah, like Indian like, food for sure. like traditional, like Americanized Indian food from like more Nepali type northern India. That's like the gravied sauces and stuff with exactly. Rice. Yep, yep, exactly. And then I love Mexican food. I can crush tacos every day too. So everyone <laughs> <laughs> can crush tacos every day. Yeah, <laughs> your street right? tacos are delicious. Yeah, they are really good. Tacos are so good. Right. Uh, so is Indian food. If you want really good Indian food that's not the same style, that's more of a southern style Indian food, this is what a lot of people don't understand. India's fucking huge. It's as big as the United States is landmass size wise, and and uh, the cuisines are as varied as they're in the U.S. So like, you know, you go down south, that's a whole different world of cooking than like in the Pacific Northwest uh, right. in terms of how they cook. It's the same thing in India. So uh, in the southern parts of India, there's a lot of fish. Uh, they do eat meat, um, but there's a lot of fish. Uh, and then um, they do a lot of like – it's a lot of different types of, of bread that is dipped. So um, – and the, the dips are not like the typical types of curries and stuff. They're they're different. They're, like they're, yogurts and stuff. Yeah, like yogurts and like hot liquidy soup type dips okay. and stuff. But yeah. there's a really good place here uh, in the valley, in Salt Lake Valley, called Sri Balaj. It's over on like 90th and Redwood, in the little strip mall that Shopco used to be in. Kind of by there's an Asian city there. Okay, yeah. Um, it's in that strip mall. It's amazing. It's so it's really good. If you ever had like a dosa, which is a really thin, crispy crepe, and and uh, they fill it with like potato curry or something. Um, but anyway, that place is really wow. good. If you want to try a different kind of Indian food, uh, yeah, I'm it's down. Really it's yummy. Only a few blocks from me, so we're good. Oh, so yeah. there you go. You gotta go there. It's delicious. Yeah. And then if you want that more like traditional old stuff, um, there's the taste of India that's right there too. Yeah, over by the and Indian food. I've always wanted to cook it, but there's, you need like thirty-seven thousand ingredients. Yeah, but <laughs> I just, and I just don't have the time to go find all those ingredients. It, there's one Asian stop shop. Market. Go to the Asian market on 33rd South and State Street. The one, right. you know, with the big, like the... the cent- Chinese, it's called the Chinese supermarket. Yep, actually. where you have all okay. the restaurants and stuff. You go there and you can find every spice sauce and it's So awesome. I have, because um, I have, I had that same concern, right? Because Indian food requires spices that we don't use typically here, like turmeric, fenugreek powder, um, like uh, dried mango powder, um, you know, those types of spices that aren't just normal spices here, but I've acquired a whole collection now of good Indian spices. And like, I can get, the thing is like, if you were to buy turmeric, just in like the stupid McCormick turmeric thing at like the grocery store, it's going to be six or seven bucks for a little bottle. I bought a huge bag of turmeric for two bucks at the Asian store wow. nice. and, uh, and I just put it in my own, you know, airtight. Yeah. Containers. We have our own containers and so. I would I recommend going the there best, if you want to get to it. I love how you said uh, stupid McCormick. I'm anti-McCormick, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get what's available uh, for a lot of spices, but That's uh, nice. I also uh, I also use a lot of spices, so I get a lot of Sam's Club. Yeah, 
And we go Cherry to bottles. we go to we do go to the Asian market an a awfully lot. lot. Yeah, I don't buy any Asian sauces from the supermarket. They all come from the the Chinese nice. supermarket down on Thirty Third because nice. You can't beat the price, honestly. Right. Yeah, I usually go to the one on Ninetieth and State. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I go there. That's right. I, that, that's where I go get my MSG. I'm a big fan of MSG. Oh, yeah. Um, we were just, what did you just make with MSG in it? Something. Everything. I know, but you just specifically <laughs> made something. I don't remember. I put I, MSG in basically everything. I can't remember what it was yeah. he was making, and he's like, my mm, MSG. Right? <laughs> it was probably the ramen I made. Oh, it was. That's exactly what it was. It was when you made ramen the other yeah. day. I mean, they have good spices at that at that store, too. What is the, the hell is the name of it? Ocean Mart? Ocean Mart, yep. Mart. Yeah. Ocean I, work, Mart. I work right there, so I, I go to Ocean Mart frequently. Um, I still haven't tried the little food place that's in the front of it yet. Yeah. Some of their shit looks scary. <laughs> it looks sketchy, right? But <laughs> some of it. Not all of it. Some of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do I do like that one. But the one on 33rd is, is a whole other world, man. Uh, yep. You got to go it's, check it out. It's huge, there. and there's so much stuff there. We get the... Um, the meat that we use in a lot of our, like when he makes ramen and stuff there, because they, they, well, they have like slice good, it like nice Berkshire and thinly. Pork, like and... really thin sliced Berkshire pork for stuff. Nice. Uh, their seafood is amazing. Like you can get, they have great shrimp for like four bucks a pound. You have to clean it though. That's fine though. That's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, I like sourcing stuff like that too. And they have a lot of different cuts, something that oh, you yeah. normally don't find. So Oh yeah, that's, for sure. That's one of my things. I found alligator. I think I want to pick some of that. Oh wow! That a shot. Yep. Nice. <laughs> yeah, the only way I've ever had alligator is is uh, fried, kind of like um, almost like like a cross between squid and like maybe chicken strips. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of how it's when I was in Texas, those alligator bites are a big thing. Oh, I've had so alligator sausage too. It's like a fillet of alligator, and it's it's fried, kind of like you would fish and chips. But okay. it's the alligator bites, those were really good. Nice. Yeah, I want yep. to get some and give it a shot. Definitely had alligator sausage, too, and rattlesnake sausage. Nice. That's good. The snake sausage is good. <laughs> uh, man, we're just talking. I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> I, I'm glad I ate before this. but I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, you're making chili on Thursday now. I know, all right. This uh, is all I do all day, every day, is talk food. Just talk food. <laughs> How are you not 400 pounds? <laughs> right. I actually don't eat a lot. Like literally yesterday I forgot to eat. I was laying in bed. I was like, hey, I didn't eat nothing today. It's weird. <laughs> I, had that problem. My co-host on my podcast always gives me crap about that. He's like, how do you forget to eat? I'm like, because I'm busy. I just do the next thing that's on the list. Yep, on Monday, I totally forgot to eat until the end of the day. <laughs> that's, that's weird. I don't know. I came downstairs and he was making a casserole and I was like, Oh, that smells really good. I don't think I don't think I've eaten any. <laughs> <laughs> so out, outside of the the class that you took through R and R, which I don't like R and R. I've said it before on the podcast. I don't think they're the best barbecue joint in town. Um, but they've they've grown dramatically fast, yeah. and they do win some competitions. So you took a course with them. Have you taken any other culinary courses outside of that or any, anything else, you know, dedicated to, to barbecue outside of that course with R&R? Um, I've taken some online classes and I've taken some, you know, local other pitmasters classes. They're my competition, so I want to learn what they're doing. But, yeah, I, I try to take a cl- at least a class a year. Um, barbecue is always changing. It's always evolving. So there's always something new. So I do try to take a class here and there. So that is my thing. But I agree with you with R&R. I got to give it to them. 
they did very well getting their business going, but they probably are not the best barbecue. Um, my co-host, Rusty Monson, he has Salt City Barbecue. He's a food, new food truck. Man, he's hitting home runs right out the gate. So Ooh, that sure sounds you, good. Make sure you look out for him because he's he's putting together a cross between competition food and then food for the masses, and he's he's doing very well. And he has great sausage as well. <laughs> what uh, he makes his own sausage, I assume. Yes, he does. But wait, you said Rusty Nelson, right? Rusty Rusty Monson. Rusty Monson. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I'm like Rusty Nelson. Utah last name, right? Really familiar. <laughs> Rusty Monson. <laughs> that sounds like a like some sort of a bad thing that you should avoid. A rusty Don't, trombone. No, be careful with that Rusty Monson over there. You need to leave that alone. <laughs> Just left me Monson out in the desert. <laughs> so you hear a lot about the different types of barbecue, like Southern barbecue and what's like Chicago. And what's the difference between them? And then what version do you do? So there's the Texas version. Um, that's pretty much your salt, pepper, garlic. That goes on everything. It doesn't matter what it is. It's ribs, a salt, pepper, garlic. That's very traditional, and they're very oriented around beef. Beef is their 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 jam. But then you get into the Carolinas, and that's where your pork um, mm-hmm. cooks are at. That's where you get your vinegar-based sauces. That's where you get a lot of your that's where the really good barbecue sauces. I from. love vinegar-based yep. pork barbecue. Yep. And then you move into to, um, Kansas City. Kansas City brings the heat. They introduced um, spiciness to, to barbecue and they kind of grab a little bit from everywhere and they just make that nice. Very, like, very, uh, very still Texas style in, in terms of the cook uh, yeah. and what they cook because it's still a lot of beef in Kansas City. But uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. And then they, the integrated the, they agreed, integrated the heat and then they brought in the sauces. They brought in the good barbecue sauces. Then out west, there's nothing really. Yes, I, I gotta no. give. I gotta. I gotta give it to California for bringing tri-tip into the game. Uh, tri-tip was a wasted meat, but now California figured it out and they started cooking it and it grabbed and a hold. It- and, Cost too much fucking money. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. the thing that so barbecue, like people getting into barbecue, and it's not just barbecue, there's some other stuff too, but like for instance, flank skate flank steak and skirt steak, which is for years has been some of the best meat to do like fajitas with. Yep. Uh where you can cut them across the grain, you know, you marinate them real well, you know, you can throw them on a, a grill. But now they're expensive. Now they're like the cost of a fucking uh, a ribeye steak. Like why would I make why would I make fajitas out of flank steak now just because it's not cheap? Like, go get yourself some eye around that's really cheap. Same thing with tri-tip. Like, tri-tip was like a nice, nice, quietly kept secret, like a, a really cheap meat that you could do. Like, Because that stuff is so amazing. As long as yep. you cut it against the grain. If you cut with the grain, it's chewy yeah. as shit. But yep. now it's expensive. Like, tri-tip roasts are super expensive uh, in comparison. So Yes, they are. But um, my style of barbecue, it's it's Utah based. It's literally um, when I do when I cook barbecue here in Utah. What do we have on every corner? We have a so delicious. We have a candy store. You know, it's all sweet here in Utah. So actually, <clears throat> my base rub is actually has the heat, but then when I finish with the sauce, I make sure it's really sweet. So it's kind of like a candy style barbecue. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a mix between all of them with just that little bit more sugar because it seems that the judges here in Utah are really used to that sweet mm. flavor. So so I'm, when you're, when you're doing uh, the finishing work with the basting and stuff, how do you make sure that the sugar doesn't, um, doesn't burn? 
right? So that's for, for me when I'm doing something where I am going to put like a glaze coat on it, making sure it doesn't burn on the grill is really difficult. Well, so most people, they they just start slathering sauce on immediately. You know, they think, oh, it's about done. So I'm going to add some more flavor to it. I'm going to put some sauce on it, let it finish. But that's totally not how to use sauces. Um, so, for example, let's take chicken. You cook your chicken. Um, you you got to use good quality ThermoWorks products. Another plug, but <laughs> you want, but you want to start cooking because most people will pull their chicken at 165. But um, when you're getting close to that 155 mark, is that's when you want to start setting your sauce. So what I'll usually do is I'll dunk my chicken in a like a reduced sauce. So like when I reduce my sauce, I'll take some barbecue sauce and mix it with some peach juice or seven up or even a Coke, you know, I'll dunk it in there and then put it back on the grill. Let it come to temp. It takes about 10 minutes and then I'll dunk it one more time and then I'll serve it. So that way the sauce is the base sauce is set and the top sauce gives you that nice shiny look to it. So, so when you, when it comes off the grill, you just put it in some hot, like not hot sauce, but some heated up sauce and serve it that way. And that way it's, everything looks great. It looks fantastic and it tastes tastes great as well too so just don't use sauce on the grill just use it when it's coming off literally like that five ten minute window there you go how how about uh so presentation with these barbecue competitions is is actually usually pretty a pretty big part of of things and most most of the time and i, I went and looked at some of your instagram photos but most of the time like presentation um you have some sort of bed of greens underneath uh, yes. Probably to catch the the, the juice, they trip out of the meat. Um, how do you like? Is that a skill that you have to learn how to properly, uh, you know, get the right greens down and and plate it into a box or a plate, or is that just something that you just kind of throw together and let the meat speak for itself? Um, honestly, I've built a lot of boxes, and I've had somebody that was helping me build boxes, but it really is an art in a way. Um, on the bottom, you can't really see in the bottom, but we put, we slice, we take lettuce and roll it. So you take the big green leafy lettuce and roll it with solophane and cut it to where it's like little discs. We put those in the bottom of the discs of the, of the box and we remove the solophane. So it kind of expands and makes a, makes a base on the bottom of the box. And the reason why we do that is so when we put our meat in there, it doesn't slide. It does catch some leftover juices, but it does. It keeps the meat from sliding. So when they're presenting it and passing it around the table, it keeps it from sliding around. It keeps everything in place. And then we just make sure that we get we get get the right parsley. You know, the fancy leaf parsley that all the colors have to match. Um, you don't want like a light green here and a dark green here. It just looks it looks spotty. So you got to make sure you get the right colors together so i go to i'll go to like the local walmart and say bring me a case and i'll pick through that entire case and probably take half of it and probably only use maybe one bunch total but i we're very selective on the pieces that we're using and putting in that box because if it's bright green it's going to make everything pop a lot better so it's a very it's a technique it is what do you do with all the leftover parsley (laughs) That's a lot of parsley. Yeah. Honestly, I wish I could tell you something nice that I feed it to the horses or something, but it just goes right in the trash. (laughs) It just really does. Compost bin, man. Jeez. Right? Yeah. I don't even need my own competition barbecue. I usually I take one bite to make sure that the flavor I'm going for there, and then they just I just give it away. 
you ever accidentally like when you're just making your own stuff at home or you're gonna have a barbecue at the house do you ever like accidentally played it up like you're in a competition i try to accidentally do that Actually, I, I, I like it is a good technique. You, I do plate when I when I do it. Like for one, you got to do it for the gram, right? <laughs> and then another one, it just looks nice when you when you have have nice barbecue and make sure it looks good. It just you you eat with your eyes. So if it looks good, it tastes good. He's got enough extra parsley. He can plate for everybody. <laughs> yeah, at home, he's not as picky. As he uses the darker greens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't use too much parsley at the house. Like literally, I'll make a nice plate, you know, for to, for a photo. But then, realistically, we're all using paper plates and. Plastic <laughs> <forks>. <laughs> so, uh, um, competition wise, like how how many competitions are you doing in a year? And are are you traveling, or are you just mostly doing local stuff? Yeah, I'm traveling. Um, I try to hit at least one a month. Sometimes I'll sneak into a month, but I'm usually trying to get get some. Uh, a lot of cook time. I just got back from Vegas three weeks ago. That was a fun trip. I plan on like this month, this month and next month I'm taking off, but then I'm heading to Bullhead city in uh, January to start cooking. You got to take take your own grills and stuff and and smoke out there. Got to travel to that. Yep. And then I will be heading with my son. I didn't win a golden ticket. My little, my son did to the world championships in Dallas, Texas. Oh, nice. Just, I guess Fort Worth, just outside Dallas. But, yeah, so he won his golden ticket to go and compete in the State Cook-Off Association World Championships. That's cool. So, so I'm taking him down there to do that, and they have an open class, and I'll cook that while I'm down there. So That's awesome. That's awesome. So, how, like, how many how many different grills and smoking apparatus do you have? Um, how many fingers do you have? I have more than your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's yeah, your... I have, What's your favorite cook on? Um, really, the the Traeger is my go to because it's simple, it's easy, it's there. Um, but I really enjoy cooking on my Ugly Drum smoker. Um, most people don't know what those are because they're not really commercial. It's just literally a fifty-five gallon drum, but it's been modified to with a charcoal basket and some air intakes, and being able to actually achieve a good quality smoke. It has a diffuser plate on there to diffuse the heat of the flame going straight up it kind of disperses it throughout it but that's what that's my go-to that's that is did you make it yourself or did you buy no um i actually bought that one from a local builder he's not making them anymore he actually had a medical condition where he had to stop but it's salt city jump smokers and he he produced a very quality product locally so and i still love it i still cook on it to this day so you can't cook yeah. like there's only so many things you can put in an oil drum though, right? Like you can't do a full brisket with the flat and the point together in an oh. oil drum, probably can you? No, my drum I can probably because it has two layers. I could probably get I'm thinking six briskets in that bad boy. Oh, Are you serious? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. That's a lot of of briskets. I have a little electric smoker that I love to death, but I can't get a full brisket in. I have to cut it in half. I have to cut the flat and the point apart. Right. And I don't know, which do you prefer to smoke brisket-wise? Do you smoke the whole brisket or do you separate? Um, I actually will, will trim it and smoke the whole thing together. And then when my flat hits the 201, 203 degrees, I'll pull it separate it and then i'll put the i'll put the burn ins and the point um back on the grill and let that render down a little bit more because that usually takes that has a lot of fat in it and you need those connective tissues to kind of break down a little bit more 
So I'll put that back in probably for another 35, 40 minutes to let that break down. So, so I've, I've done brisket a couple of times, and it's like the bane of my existence. Why does my brisket suck so bad? <laughs> Do you want to know the truth? Yeah. Because you're not using, you're not monitoring with temperature. You need to have a leave-in probe. You need to have that temperature at your disposal at all times. You need to know when to wrap. You need you need to know what temperature you're going to wrap at, and you need to know your finish temperature, your your target temperature. So, literally, everybody goes, "How long does it take?" I don't even care about how long it takes because I'm cook, don't you put I cook, probes I cook in? I cook to temperature. Yeah, I do probes, but I don't ever wrap anything because I don't um, like to. I don't like to open yeah. the smoker. Yeah, wrapping is huge too. Um, even if it's in butcher paper or foil, that's still going to hold that moisture content in there. So if you don't wrap, you might be able to pull it off like they do down in Texas, but that takes a lot of practice. I've yet to achieve it, but wrapping will definitely make a lot better brisket for you. Yeah, I don't wrap my pork because I think my pork turns out great without wrapping. Um, yeah. And I don't I don't mop it either, and it just comes out so moist. Right. Um, but I inject. I inject my pork. Yeah, add more flavor. It's all about flavor, right? <laughs> and, and my turkey. We were talking about my turkey before you came I'm on. So excited! Actually, we were, yeah. Because Thanksgiving is one of my favorite times to use the smoker. It's for the turkey. I won't. I won't cook a turkey in the oven. It's so fantastic. No it's right. And just pull it out and just he's like cutting it up and I'm like eating it off of it. He has to smack my hand away because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need anything. It just you just like the flavor is all the way through. There's not, you know, when you when you oven bake it or like there's a lot of flavor on the outside it doesn't yeah. matter how much you inject it like the the center of it is still just turkey it's eh. yeah but boy when you smoke it man it doesn't matter what part you taste the whole yeah. piece of meat is yummy yeah i agree i love smoked turkey that and yeah that's probably my go-to there for sure is turkey and i can't wait to execute a good tur- turkey this is your tur- weeks. is your tur- so my turkey that I like I'm um it's a three day process once I get it thawed out with full twenty four hour brine when I inject the shit out of it I yeah um I'll inject the shit out of it yeah usually mine's a two day so what I try to do is I try to brine it give it a good eight hour brine and then I'll put it into the fridge um and kind of let that just kind of just chill out and try to. Dry out that skin. A yeah, you got to dry it out. Yeah, dry out that skin a little bit, and then I'll put it on the smoker. But yeah, and, but I cook it spot, uh, spatchcock as well too. That way, for one, I'm not wasting half my day. It actually will cook when a few hours versus six to eight hours. That's and how I also, do mine. Yeah, Same with and chickens. Then, that's whenever I do a chicken. Uh, yeah. spatchcock it. Yeah, you get a lot more even cook, and you also get a better result too. Those yeah. the the legs don't get all burnt and charred and I cut up crispy. I cut up. Uh, bunch of like like i like quarter like onions and apples and celery and shove it in the cavity which yeah. helps with even out the cook uh, and yeah. adds some aromatics to the inside as well um, but that that that's how i do it whole because i don't i don't like cutting out backbones <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm all about executing my cook but i also want to save myself some time as well too so that spatchcock style is definitely I like the presentation that. of the whole bird for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I so. yeah I like that too. I like that look as well too. Little things on the feet, you know, yep. little chef hats, you know, make, make it look. <laughs> what about what about ribs? As long as we're talking about some some stuff in the smoker, um, do you like to smoke ribs? Because perf- pre- my preference is actually a, a, like a braised baby back over a smoked rib. 
Yeah. Um, um, I like cooking ribs. I, I'm not a fan of ribs, um, but I really do enjoy cooking them because I like to make sure my color, make sure they look good. You know, ribs are a staple of barbecue. Um, they, people expect them to look good and I really do enjoy cooking them. But, um, once again, I think people over overcook them. They use this three two one method: three hours, two hours, one hour. You know, and I'm like, that's way too long. I'm <laughs> six I, hours is a lot. Yeah, of time. I yeah, I'm knocking out my ribs in three and a half hours because I cook to color for my ribs, and then I wrap them, then I'll crank up the heat, get them to that one ninety five um, temperature, pull them out, sauce them, serve them. So that's that's my technique. It's super simple, but. It, I get calls. I walk with them, you know, so. What kind of ribs do you prefer to cook, St. Louis or, or Baby Backs? Um, I like Baby Backs, but in competition, St. Louis is where it's at because they're long and flat, and they lay in the, they pre, they have a lot better presentation. Yeah, Baby so. Backs, they, because of how, how much they taper to at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yep, so, but I like the Baby Back. I feel like they're a little bit more tender than the, than the spare, but. That's me. That's my preference, but competition is a spare all the way. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your favorite thing to cook competition wise? Honestly, pork. I I really like cooking the pork category. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm that's probably my strongest category. I really enjoy it. It's it's a challenge because there's so many muscles on that pork shoulder that you carve out and get ready for for the box. You know, like I'll take a whole pork shoulder. It's 10 pounds. I'm trimming that bad boy down to like four, maybe five pounds and just exposing all the, the good muscles. So that's, that's one of my favorite things to do is just that's a trim shoulder. it down. And, yeah. <laughs> pork, is, yeah. pork is so good. I just, it's probably my favorite meat anyway. And yeah. so when it's smoked, which is probably one of my favorite ways to have meat cooked, it's, that's me. That's it for me. So for competition on like a shoulder, is it, is it all pulled when you present it, or are you are you doing chopped? Like, how does the presentation work? So, like so there's a there's a when it comes to competition barbecue, there's a lot of different options on how to present that. Um, I'll give you the four basic ways that people do it. So most people take it's called the money muscle. It's a little muscle mm-hmm. that runs in that pork shoulder. You can kind of see it. It's almost looks just like like a solid muscle. That's it's, so a, it's on the opposite it's opposite end of the bone and it runs just parallel there. So we'll usually carve that out. It, um in competition barbecue it has to be intact. The whole pork shoulder has to be intact. So we'll carve that out and then we'll remove remove all the muscles to the middle. And that's where our chop will come from is that top of the middle of the pork butt. And then on the bone side is the horn meat and that kind of that's kind of more of your like, kind of like burn ends cubes, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it'll hold together. And then right underneath, um, on the very bottom, there's that, the, the fat line and between the fat line and where it connects back to the, to the main shoulder, there's a thin strip and that's, that's what we call the bacon strip. So you literally scrape all the fat off and then there's a thin layer of pork in there and we'd sauce that. And that's, that's the bacon part. So mm. I just oh, eat that when I smoke my yeah. pork, cause I just, I just hand shred the whole thing. But that, that piece you're just talking about the bacon piece, yeah. I save that and I peel it right off the fat and eat it myself. It's amazing, right? <laughs> it's so it's good. It's his reward. Yeah. It's so amazing. It's if you cook that right, it's very rewarding. When he's making birds, he gives me all the cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> mm. All the little oysters out of the yep. chickens. And so yummy. Yeah. That's my favorite part of a whole hog is the cheeks. 
Yeah, that's like, what. Yeah. That's the best meat on most animals, <laughs> right? It's very tender, very very tender. Oh man, now I just want to go barbecue a pork shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else, man? Um, what about your podcast? How'd you, how'd you get into doing the podcast? So literally we're, I was at a competition, um, and this new dude rolls in. He has these sweet smokers. He has this cool setup. He's looking good. And, uh, he, he goes out there and cooks this competition and does very well. I'm like, who the heck is this dude? So I kind of throughout the competition started talking to him, became friends with Rusty and his whole, uh, team Salt City Barbecue. And so we just kind of built this friendship, you know, I was one of the very first guys to come talk to him at a competition and we just kind of had this trash talking moment, you know, and having fun. And so we just kind of became friends. And then the next competition, we just were doing the same thing. And then we became friends and I shot to him. I was like, dude, what do you think about doing a podcast? He's like, I'm down. And literally <laughs> it was, that was the conversation. The rest is history. We literally jumped in the studio. We grabbed, um, we grabbed, oh man, I, I just totally, Susan Bullock, um, she, she's a local, uh, barbecue blogger. She's actually really big. Um, and we we're like, Hey Susie, we know you, will you be our first guest? And she, no problem. Her and her husband, Todd came onto the podcast and the rest was history. We just, we just grabbed a hold and just banged out podcasts and we still do it weekly. And it's so much fun to be able to talk to all these world famous, um, pit masters, you know, they're we've gotten we talked to guys that was starting their career and now they're winning world championships it's wow. very cool it's a very That's cool awesome. process yeah and it's amazing the, and then we had the barbecue community right behind us they supported us and started promoting us and it just kind of spread and honestly the, the usa is obviously um one of our biggest listeners but australia they love our oh, podcast right. as well down in australia they like to cook stuff on the grill too. Yeah, <laughs> throw another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was coming. Of course it was. Of course it was. So, how long have you been doing the podcast? Um, we're actually wrapping up our um, third season, so we've been doing it for two and a half years. Um, so we'll jump right into our fourth season coming up here in the start of January. So, how many, how many episodes <clears throat> are you guys doing a year? Oh man, um, I think I just looked. We just That's barely me. broke. We broke like 110 just this last episode right in there. So there's a lot of content in there. It's going to take a while for anybody to catch up. But <laughs> Yeah, how long are your episodes typically? We usually try to run them about that hour, hour and 30 minutes is where we try to ballpark it. Um, we all know as podcasters that people get busy. You know, it's their car ride home. It's their train ride. It's their run in the mornings and so we try not to push it too far. We're not like Joe Rogan banging out four and a half hour podcast. <laughs> that's all that's he just does. Way man. too much effort. That's way too much effort. <laughs> and that's why I have to be very selective when I look at his stuff. But right? I think you probably gained a, a new listener because I'm pretty sure Chris wrote that down so he could start listening to your podcast. <laughs> that's oh, great. No, no, for for sure. I'll start listening to that podcast. Who's the <laughs> who's the favorite person you guys have, have been able to interview? Oh man, that's so hard. Um, I, Huffy Stone is definitely up there. Um, really, like I like interviewing our local guys because they have so much fire in their eyes. They they're they're still learning. They're still exploring. I like interviewing the local guys, but I gotta say, Tuffy Stone was one of my biggest ones out there, and he's he's a world champion. He's like a celebrity. Um, Malcolm Reed, he's he's amazing as well. 
I was going to ask if you've ever talked to him. I love this stuff. So actually I was, I, what was it? 2019. My ribs weren't hitting that well. I was like, Malcolm, what am I doing wrong? And literally this is at Traeger HQ. I walked up to Malcolm Reed. I introduced myself. I was like, dude, I'm having troubles with ribs. He literally pulled out a chair. He said, sit down, let's talk. He took the time and talked to me about ribs and my ribs have definitely stepped up. And it was very cool to see him being able to just stop everything and just talk to me about how to make my cook better. I, so, I, I do my turkey based on him. Yeah. How to that's, barbecue how right. that's how I learned to do my turkey is, is through him yeah. years ago. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, he's, he's definitely was, he's top five for sure as well. So, but that's yeah, cool. it's, it's so hard to narrow down one person because everybody's amazing. It's like, we're talking to world champions that have done this and they compete against each other on a weekly basis. So it's really hard to narrow down who my favorite <laughs> is. They're all, they're, they're all celebrities. We, Rusty and I both fangirl over all these guys. <laughs> so what's, uh, I gotta, I gotta ask this. We ask every guest because you're, you know, you're a local Utah guy. Uh, what's the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in all your time here? Really? It's been recent. Honestly, um, I was, I've always been a person at downtown. Um, I was cruised around, walked around downtown when I was a youth, um, took public transportation. But what I really noticed is two o'clock in the morning on one of those scooters, you can find some really cool stuff downtown. <laughs> like seriously, you know, come you out of the bar. You scooters at two o'clock in the morning. Be careful because they're not right. insured properly. Yeah, exactly. But no, there is some really cool like streets and some cool graffiti downtown, some cool statues. <laughs> There's a lot of cool stuff that you don't notice when everybody's moving and being able to go down there and see that stuff and just like, wow, our city does have some cool stuff, you know, and yeah. you just got to take the time to actually go and find it. And I've and that's like, like my new hobby now is let's grab an e-scooter and cruise around and see what we can find. So <laughs> that two in the morning. There's nobody around it. It's awesome. Just watch for my daughter because uh, she didn't realize that that was drunk driving, and uh, she decided to ride one around uh, after she'd been drinking. So, yeah, of course we do it sober. That's yeah, two in the morning. <laughs> yes, two in the Why morning. We're getting our day started. You're drunk at two a.m. Oh yeah, right. I, I just I just outed her. You know, no one. I'm I am not. You I am not insinuating that anyone else is let me drinking. T- let me tell you this: that. if you're hanging out downtown at 2 a.m. on a scooter, you're drunk. Because <laughs> <laughs> the the sober person downtown at 2 a.m. is in their fucking car trying to go home. I gotta tell, I gotta driver. tell you to like legit be careful because I actually had an insured who hit somebody on a scooter while he was watching a girl walk down the street and it all happened around two o'clock in the morning. So be careful. (laughs) No, but have you ever stopped at the cathedral at night when nobody's around and seeing how cool that is actually looking at the structure? It's, it's amazing. Then you go across the street, literally across the street from cathedral and there's this bald headed sumo dude. I didn't even know he existed, but at two o'clock in the morning, I found him. (laughs) I've seen a lot of interesting shit downtown. At uh, the witching hour. Yeah, it's really cool. I really enjoy it. And then you just, you, I try to find new, something new and take a photo of it and enjoy it. Saying, I'm very proud of my city. I have Salt Lake City tattooed on my arm, you know? So um, I, I just love it here. It's That's an awesome. amazing city. So how can people, uh, how can people find your stuff or if, if they want you to cater something for them special, how do they get a hold of you? 
just smoke ain't no joke on social media platforms. Um, and obviously the Pitmaster podcast, same thing. You can find us on all major streaming networks. And then if you want just some regular good old barbecue, make sure you go check out my boy Rusty at Salt City Barbecue. Follow him too because he, he is producing some great product right now. And he has a food truck and he's very present. And he's here in the Salt Lake Valley? Yes, no. he is. He's in he's in Ogden with a company named Salt City Barbecue. <laughs> he could be in like the Draper area. You don't know. <laughs> he's actually Bluffdale, but he's he's See? so he is in the Draper area. But no, he travels. <laughs> he's he's actually his biggest thing. Obviously, the season just ended, but he you could have found him at Usana. He did a lot of stuff at Usana. So See, we live around. we literally live right by Usana. Yeah, so you guys aren't far from me either. <laughs> no, like 56th and 62nd. Yep. yep. We're normal cool. neighbors. There we go. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you yeah. guys liked what you heard, uh, follow us, uh, share the episodes, and follow us at TNU Podcast everywhere. Uh, and you can go out to our website, thenewutah.com, uh, to see, I don't know, blogs whenever we put them up. I put mine up yesterday for two weeks ago. Well, I so. and I wrote mine, and then my computer died, and so you're trying to retrieve mine off of my old dead that's computer. That's a likely story. That's a likely hey, that's story. legit, man. So that's all out on there, out there on our website. So uh, <laughs> please, you know, feel free to enjoy it. And Bree, uh, you, you need to be ready because I'm going to be doing a lot of barbecuing in the next. Few I, weeks. I'm ready for it, dude. I'm ready to eat it. Let's go. If you need any tips, hit me up. Anybody. I, I, I will respond to you. If you have any questions, I've had people message me like, I don't know what to do. I'm My food's done and I don't know how to store it. You know, I don't know how to wait three hours for a guest and I, hit me up. I'll help you, you out. Put a towel on a cook. cooler and wrap it up. Exactly. <laughs> it won't exactly. get cold. We have, a, we have barbecue coolers in our house. Other people just have regular coolers. We have drink coolers and we have barbecue coolers. Yep, that's a mandatory. Because yep. the barbecue cooler smells like smoke. We also have yep. barbecue towels for yep. lining them, wrapping them, all that. <laughs> Don't kind of leave stuff. them in there though after you put no. barbecue because they just <laughs> get moldy. So then you yep, have to just take the time. You just take the time and get them cleaned up. Yep. yep. <laughs>